nitrate power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com. We are a comedy and humor website for laughs. We are a haunted website cursed with the unknowable. Give generously on our Patreon or watch all media die. I'm Enduring Webmaster, TV Sean Baby from the internet, and my host was voted Buns on bunsornot.com. He's Bobby the Buns Brockway. Uh, triple Buns. It was, there were three Buns uh, out, out of a possible five. I didn't know you got the Triple Buns. <laughs> Triple buns, a three bun, three bun contender. I, I'm Robert Rockway. Here's a Rockway fact: I have also made tender love to a robot in the woods. Uh, no follow-up questions. I was there for that. I have none. Uh, our guest today is a hot sauce man and a red movie man. You can listen to him discuss the second one on the VHS podcast, or see the first one on this season of Hot Ones. It's our dear friend Dirk Marshall. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back. It's always great to have you. Uh, this was this is real. I wasn't messing around. Uh, your ghost pepper Marshall hot sauce is, uh, I think, the fifth chicken wing on this season of Hot Ones. So that yeah, was, number, uh, we're number six. Number six, right? Where so one of the serious, one of the hotter ones. How does? Hold on, I need to know how how does it feel as a hot sauce man? Yeah, uh, to witness the pain you cause to a, to an unwedding person, <laughs> uh, like it, life. You know, when it's just n- normal people, it's it's goes on a range from exciting to to not that exciting. But when it's somebody like Justin Timberlake or Mark Ruffalo, it's really satisfying to like. Yeah. See them, did like, they both have to? Uh, did you inflict pl- pain on both of those people? Well, like the way that my wife designed the sauce was like it's really flavorful up front, and then the heat comes in like when you don't expect it to, and so it causes this reaction where they they start talking again, and then they have to be like, "Wait a minute!" And that got uh, Justin Timberlake and Bobby Flay both had times where they they literally like, "Give me a, give me a second. and that feels great. <laughs> now, uh, last time I was over at your place, Dirk, we actually went through and ate every sauce from uh, from the show. I felt like a very normy thing to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I was, uh, I had fun and I was kind of surprised at how food like they were because the show does make it look like, like these people are just being fucking hollowed out mouth first. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I should say that this is, this is probably because of some masculine vitality within me. I can barely control, but I, I just don't think they were that serious. I'm saying this so the listeners know of my power. My mouth is immune <laughs> to your weapons, my teeth and tongue stand against any opponent. By but, contrast, um, I would have literally died. <laughs> <laughs> they would have, they like three, three in. You're like, I'm out at three. There would have just been an ambulance there. No, I would have been dead. I would have just been dead on the floor, frothing. Yeah. Uh, this, frothing spicy, spicy foam. At this time of year, I'm doing all these holiday events. And so people are sampling stuff that they normally wouldn't try because they want to like, you know, get it for their dad or grandpa or whatever. And the first sauce we have, which is the mildest, the smoked habanero barbecue, which is, I think, sweet and smoky, is too uh-huh. spicy for so many people. And it, I just go, well, then you can't try these other nine. <laughs> they're, they're all. <laughs> well, then get out. <laughs> yeah. Get, yeah, get I, out. I do legitimately run into problems when I'm cooking because my wife will be like, oh, is it spicy? I'm like, not even a little bit, not, not even a tiny bit. And she'll be like, what the fuck did you make? <laughs> 
So yeah. I, I do the same. I used to like spicy food. I liked, uh, I loved your hot sauce. It's probably my favorite hot sauce, specifically the, the habanero, smoked oh, habanero barbecue. Yeah. It was so good. I can't eat it anymore. My guts have rebelled. No. Against me. I can't eat really anything spicy. Uh, but my wife was the same way. I would make something spicy or eat something spicy and I would, she would like, is it spicy? And I'd have to go, no, but for you. <laughs> right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. For like a coward, for like a coward, my dear true love. <laughs> it's bad for sales, but I do just constantly shout coward at people. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me that some guys will come up to you at food festivals and be like, uh, they'll like man up on you. Like, oh, none of these are fucking spicy enough. Yeah, this is the worst. They come up and they just bark at you. What? What's the hottest? And you go, well, we're like uh, mildest. Uh, and then they try the spiciest one. They go, it's not hot. And then they march yeah. away. And you're like, that was fun. So to cry reaction. behind a porta potty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's together, me. Frank. I, it's you, I did yeah. build my entire personality around it. I act like I'm too cool for it. But no, when I go to the restaurant, I'm like, just bring me something that'll make snot pour out of my fucking head. I want to spend the whole meal talking about the spice level of this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that's gross. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about T-Force, and this is a movie uh, you brought to us, Dirk. Yes. Uh, 1994. Um, this was a great, uh, a great find. I fucking loved this movie. Uh, Broccoli, what are your high-level thoughts on this before we, before we start? Uh, I enjoyed how it was just open theft. Uh, start yeah. to finish. Uh, <laughs> start to nobody- finish. There was absolutely no original idea except for one, which we'll get to. I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. Uh, which was a very bold move that made me audibly gasp. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, it was exactly Die Hard for the first half hour and then mm-hmm. exactly Terminator for the rest of it, except for the parts where it was exactly who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, you can't ask for better influences. No, you can't. But it was it was just... It's it's Shit. watching watching somebody steal and you you just gotta admire their their technique. You're like, damn, I really needed that scooter, but that was that wheelie, that was fucking slick. <laughs> yeah, you can have and, it. Brain yeah, thief. This director, he's he's done a lot of cyborgy movies. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're down, I mean if if you're not familiar with Cyber Tracker one and two, uh strap in for some some classic, classic action. For some Who cyber tracking action. Was that Gary Daniels or Don the Dragon Wilson? Don the Dragon Wilson. Oh fuck mm. yeah. Fuck yeah. And in the second one, there's two Don the Dragon Wilsons. Oh, double fuck yeah. Yep. See, I feel like Don the Dragon Wilson should have had several movies like that, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I bet Jean-Claude is still uh, leading in the most hymns per movie. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I don't mean to go through the list, but I think he's been in five of them. And I think that even Arnold never did five multiple Arnold movies. I wish I they only re- recently found out that uh that Jackie Chan did a double did a double Chan movie. I really? somehow my whole life I missed that one. I, it was what were their character names? Jackie Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one was Jackie and the other was Chan. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I wish that uh, Jean-Claude would remake the movie Junior but give birth to a smaller Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh fuck, I'd watch that. <laughs> Just problem <laughs> child, but they're all Jean-Claude Junior Van Claude Van Damme. Yeah. The, it's yes. the name's right there. Oh, <laughs> oh shit, pitch it. <laughs> what does he do? He's not doing shit. Let's do it. <laughs> Consider this my official pitch, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I know you're listening. Pledge Just the, like uh, legally, his lawyer at least has to because he has many restraining orders against me. Pledge, <laughs> he pledges to us at the Jean-Claude Van Damme tier, the special tier, just for him. 
<laughs> you know, uh, when I left Belgium last time, Jean-Claude Van Damme arrived like two minutes later. Like I saw, I was on, on the airplane, just, uh, going online, just thumbing through Twitter. And I saw Jean-Claude Van Damme Twitter, the tweet that he was in the airport. Like I missed him by like two minutes, oh. which I don't think was a coincidence. I think he's like, okay, good. He's gone. I can. Yeah. You're not allowed to have now. two of you in the same country at the same time. Mm-hmm. They have a statue of him there. Why wouldn't they? Are they yeah. only one? <laughs> it's yet. Yeah, I was what surprised else do too they have? It's just the one. Waffles? It's Van Damme and waffles. He should have at least as many statues as waffles. You should drive under his splits like under yes. every fucking bridge. Oh, fuck yeah. It should be a tunnel. <laughs> under, uh, the, under the splits one way, out the splits the other. Wait, wait, wait. One, <laughs> one from double impact, each one on each side. Oh, that's uh, their names yeah. were Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan. <laughs> the intro for this movie was fucking crazy. It was like three hunks and a hot girl all cyborged out, walking onto the ruins of the world, and an explosion goes off behind them, and then the fucking nobody says anything, and the logo comes up, uh. and it's just like it's like an advertisement for the breakfast sale or something. It's the fucking weirdest way to start a movie. Yeah, I uh, love it, and it has the vibes of. Do you remember that the, there was an '80s toy? That you would buy that you could shoot at the TV during the TV show, and I yeah, I, Captain Power, Captain, yeah, yeah, Captain Power. Thank you. I was like, I just was watching this again and was thinking, like, this really feels like Captain Power. Yeah, yeah. you should have been light gunning at that scene. Well, yeah. you should have been pressing the trigger to light gun, and then it wouldn't respond. <laughs> yes. In Captain Power tradition, I, that technology was supposed to have worked, but I that was not my experience. No, it, it did not work. Uh, uh-uh. no. <laughs> Uh, okay, so as Brockway said, it starts, it's just die hard. So there, there's a big uh, office building we find out as an embassy. It's like a 30 story embassy, which is kind of weird, but, um, <laughs> in comes Vernon Wells. Uh, you, everyone knows this guy from the bad guy from Commando, weird oh. science road warrior. And he's up to something. Uh, he and his crew were planning a bomb. Uh, they have the exact crew from die hard almost. Uh, down they have to, a- down to race. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah, they have a budget Ving Rames. He's their hacker. Uh, they have a muscle Mr. Bean, which I thought was an interesting choice. And then um, just a bunch of generic commandos. They're like, we got three characters. That's enough. Everyone else is just like ski mask, generic commando villain. Um, there's I, I, the first thing that struck me, I guess, from the movie is how weird everything was. Yeah. Like the desk clerk is very polite. And he's like, hi, can I help you? And they just like hold on his face in this tight close up where he just sort of gives a friendly smile for what felt like two and a half hours to me. <laughs> it was a long time. It was <laughs> weird. <laughs> he, I, I, he had to have been somebody's like brother-in-law yeah. or something. I think they hired like real hospitality workers or something. And I didn't realize how long it was because I just couldn't stop thinking about Vernon Wells chin strap beard he has in this movie. Yeah. Everybody's chin strap beard. Oh, man. <laughs> Everybody's got one. I his his head. I don't know. Uh, I don't like to comment on people's heads being weird shapes, but like when you draw like a triangle around the bottom part of your face, it like really yeah. accentuates how your head's not human. I guess is my point. Uh, sure. I don't. I don't know. That's not a nice thing to say. I'm sorry, Vernon. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't think this was an accident that they just made Die Hard. No, and, they even um, stole like direct shots. They stole the exact <laughs> shot of like when the single police car comes up and the yeah. black police officer oh gets gosh. out and looks up. Yep. And then they stole the exact <laughs> shot where he leaps off of the off of the roof, even down to the angle. 
I love yeah. the, the cop in the car because he goes, oh, no, and he gets in the car that's about <laughs> to be exploded. Oh. What was great is he saw the grenade launcher from like, <laughs> what? It must have been a, a million miles away. It's just yeah. a weird shadow on top of the building. And he's like, oh, shit, that's that's a 203 <laughs> grenade launcher aimed directly at my patrol car. I better get inside. Um, loved it. Uh Vernon and the muscle Mr. Bean, they take out the entire lobby of security guards with handguns. And now the movie, like, to me, just felt like chaos because there's a bunch of plainclothes guys, like the just a bunch of dudes secretly security guards at the embassy, and they start gunfighting, or maybe they're just, like, hanging out there for the day, and it's just, like, uh, the the country we live in that, like, everyone's got a handgun. They're like, oh, I got to get in on this gunfight. I love but, um, in this scene, like... Everyone's being shot. It's total chaos. You don't know who's good or who's bad, really. Yeah. And then there's one shot, one like little insert of an Uzi pointed up, and it fires yes. one bullet. And I was like, I've never seen an Uzi fire one <laughs> bullet. Do they do that? That was amazing. It is. You bring up a good point because like it is just a lot of shots of people shooting in random direction. Like it's so lazy in every storytelling way. Uh, but then every single security guard gets hit through a every single piece of art. So it's like a lot of high effort, like death scenes, but yep. no, no effort put into explaining where those people are or why they might be getting shot. Uh, again, interesting choice. Um, they get the big ambassador boss secured in his office. Like all the guys are like, okay, boss, get in here. And you're thinking, oh, there's going to be like a little siege, but no, there's just a, a helicopter outside the window shredding them with a minigun. Yeah. Uh, it's uh Let's see, my notes say that that's when the, the guy gets hit by the grenade launcher outside. So they're just, they're doing a diehard. Um, well, they're doing it, a diehard except for, they make a really bold decision where they, they look at diehard and they say, what separates this movie from other movies like it? Well, it's about this very likable everyman underdog against this impossible mm-hmm. force. And they said, what if instead <laughs> what of if? that, we had extremely unlikable, invincible super robots? <laughs> Uh, and the answer was, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree that this whole this whole scene sucks. Um, I'm so proud of us for like the pace that we're making, because this is a half hour into the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, we're really cooking. Uh, there, and I'm glad is, because the themes they tackle later in the movie are complicated and rich. And we need a, to really get in. A part here where Vernon Wells is marching through the hallways and they're shoving all the office workers behind them, like taking them all to the to the place to be killed, I guess. And uh, there's a guy doing the craziest overacting in the front of the group who's like, he keeps getting shoved and he's doing this clown walk. And it is <laughs> the most amazing. I had to rewind it because I'm like, what is he doing? It is it is unbelievable. I think that the director just said, guys, I want everybody's boldest acting choices. Just do crazy shit. What's all going on in the movie? Yep. Because uh, th- like there's a, a lady at the same scene that uh, she like throws herself into the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy picks her up and you're like, okay, that that little sequence is over. But no, then he fucking shoves her into the wall hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't think this woman was a trained stunt actress, but he is fucking throws her in like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, um, yeah. It's the best throw that happens until the lady gets thrown out the window. Yeah, that's that's fucking fantastic. Uh, there's a part I want to talk about because they take a video phone to the uh, police sergeant outside. And he's seen Die Hard, so he knows what his role is. He's like, I don't fucking care. None of this means anything. These guys aren't too serious. <laughs> and so here he is talking to Vernon Wells. And Vernon Wells like, hello, I am the evil villain. I'm going, I've obviously killed like 30 people already. He's like, yeah, whatever the fuck. I don't know. And he's like, 
I feel like I'm not being taken seriously. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, not. And the guy's like, yeah, it's fucking maybe not, pal. And um, <laughs> so he's like, I don't know. Nobody's going to shoot any of them hostages. We'll be home in time for the game. And so he demonstrates this by throwing a woman out the window. <laughs> and the police chief actually looks up at this woman falling to certain death and goes, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. He's so over it. Yeah. Uh, but I do love that character that's in every Die Hard that's like, no matter how much evidence you bring them, they're like, nah, nah, nah. They're, they're not real terrorists. They're like kids playing Halloween pranks. Like, no, he knew what a fake ID was. He's probably a bartender, Reginald. Is this also the part where it shows the, like, the commissioner or chief or whatever, and he's in a room with just monitors that are not even on? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> another so theme of the movie is just every prop they could find, they just sort of fill the room. They just go to Radio Shack, they'll say, we tell two of everything. Because this takes place in the far-flung dystopian year of 1998. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was four years ahead of when they filmed it. They're like, yeah, we'll have... <laughs> we'll have full... Of, we'll have complete robots by then. Everyone will live in a closet full of TVs. <laughs> I did take a clip of this scene. I don't know why, because it's so fucking stupid, but here it is. Where the devil is Jack Floyd? Chief Richmond, I'm Peter Deserick, city alderman. I know who you are. <laughs> You, sir, do not have authority to call in the terminal force. The terminal force is a last resort option only. You may not believe this, Alderman, but this is a last resort. <laughs> it's just, just to give you a taste of what the movie's like, the guy's talking about calling in the cyborgs, which summons the snivelly nerd into his office. Like, just he hears someone, oh, someone's about to summon the terminal force. I must get there and talk about the budget. And um, so that happens. And then I guess there's sort of a subjective last resort that uh, people quibble over before you send in the cyborgs. I don't know. I don't know what an alderman is or does. I wouldn't have assumed they were the robot wrangler. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. he, this guy is, I don't know. Like you're a dentist. In char- you're in, in charge movies. of water. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a, uh, such a title that they don't even call him his name. The whole movie, they call him alderman in any conversation <laughs> as if like, it's a title fought for. Um, and I don't know so, if it's for a fact, but I feel like Jack Scalia's character being called Jack is Jack Floyd is because yeah. he was originally Floyd and he never responded. So they're like, we're going to have to yeah, call exactly. the character Jack. He, I did not even know who Jack Scalia was coming into this. I looked him up. I'm like, what? He's some guy on Dallas. Like, why did, why did he get fucking lead credit over Malibu? He made like five of these movies with this director too. Not oh, not this, sense. not T Force, but they're all like Jack Scalia action movies, and it's all pretty similar. I think he's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's weird. He. It's weird. I didn't know who he was. He seems like a very competent movie star type. Um, yeah, but like sad. I feel like this movie's equal parts like a cyborg being half human, half cyborg. This movie's like half horny, half sad. Yes, I, I agree. It, a cyborg of horny and sadness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have that in my notes a lot that like, God, this is almost good. Like it's, it's, there's moments where I'm like, this, this feels like a lot of effort in one direction and none in the other. And if they would have just put that in, they would either be a more sincere bad movie or, you know, or maybe a real good movie. I've never, I've never seen a movie set up and repeat enough scenes yeah. that this movie does. And it does it different every single time. Like, it should be a callback or consistent or like a closure to an arc or something that you're doing this same scene again. 
but they always forget what they did the first time. I just fucking wing it. And so there's yeah. like absolutely no logic to anything that ha- anything could happen when you do anything. When he shoved that woman into the wall, she could have exploded in a pile of springs. It doesn't. You have no <laughs> idea. Left that. Uh, maybe that's just so if they need to take 20 minutes out of the movie, they can just pick any 20 minutes, pop it right out to do like, uh, let's say uh, now I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> but uh, OK, so uh, back to the movie the, the they demand a bunch of prisoners and the uh, the cops came to their demands and release the prisoners and transport them to the building faster than T-Force can get there. So that's like how quickly things are happening. The cops are like, whatever you say, Mr. Terrorist. Uh <laughs> They have bags on the prisoners' heads, which is a super weird thing to do because this is not a secret location. Can't no one questions going it. To downtown. It, yes, yeah, <laughs> it does come weird. in very handy later because uh, later they bring in the next set of prisoners, and when they take the bag off of the first guy's head, ta-da! Fucking Malibu. Uh, he and the T Force are. They easily punch out all the guards downstairs. Most of it's off camera, so uh, a weird choice. And then um, here comes Jack Scalia, who's. <laughs> I love that they set it up because um, they're like, "Oh, classic Jack! You got a trunk full of criminals, don't you?" He's like, "I yeah, I do actually." He did. He had criminals in his trunk because that's just like the shit he gets up to before he arrives at places. Um. I love the thermal camera view that we get in this part, too. It's like got this 80s arcade feel that kind of continues yeah. that Captain Power vibe where I was like, if this was a stand-up cabinet game, I would have played so much T-Force in the arcade. Yeah, it really feels like a like a pinball cutscene almost. Just like, oh, okay. Hey, we're on to the next level. Uh, yeah, T-Force shoots another room of guards to, de- to death. Uh, let's see. Let's. I guess we'll go through the uh, through the team. They've Malibu is Zeus. Uh, everyone knows Malibu from American Gladiators or Mortal Kombat. Yeah, uh, he's a, Malibu. He's yeah, he's Malibu. Uh, there's a hot girl named Mandragora, who they call Gora for short. Uh, there's another hunk named Kane, and then there's a main hunk named Adam. Also, um, there's some weird fifth guy who just kind of has very <laughs> sad eyes named Athens. And now there's no way to verify this. You can't know if I'm telling the truth or not. But I wrote here, Athens is fucking dead. Uh, this guy was not in the intro explosion. Mark my words, at 13 minutes and 35 seconds, this fucker is toast. That's in my notes. Uh, spoiler alert, I was 100% right. Uh, <laughs> he, he actually, I feel like he knew he was in the movie for too long at that yeah. point. Because mm-hmm. he was he was doing nothing. It's very clear he's he's going to be the dead one. And then he dies by just walking up to a guy, <laughs> putting a shotgun in his face and being like, fucking kill me. Do kill it. Me. I need to what go are you home. Waiting for. Uh, we're jumping ahead, maybe one scene, I guess. There's something I want to talk about because they cut to that high tech control room with every prop they could find from Radio Shack. And they talk about how they started with 31 terrorists and terminal forces already knocked them down to 26. But we have watched them kill, I don't know. 50 people 60 i don't know maybe i'm crazy but i counted a lot more than 10 maybe it's just me yeah there's no like i said there's no internal logic to this movie yeah i guess it's nobody has when- paid attention to any previous scene that has happened it's like one of yeah. those movies where as an art project they pass it around to a different director that hasn't seen any of the other scenes and then you just kind of clip it all yeah. together and make something out of it yeah it's, it's like that that game weekend. where you uh, write two sentences and then you fold the paper uh-huh. over and you can only read the last sentence. 
That's like T Force. Yeah, it's That's, like a it's a generation <laughs> quilt T-Force. of a movie. And everyone writes shit like, I don't know, fucking Die Hard for a few minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the next guy writes, I don't know, how about Die Hard for a few minutes? You get like five gonna, of those in gosh, a row. This You're is like be great. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, this is thirty five <laughs> minutes of Die Hard. That's a little I don't know, legally actionable, I guess. The uh the terrorists really suck. Like, I, 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 some of this is because of the filmmaking, but like, they are being just casually murdered by T Force. Uh, there's one that Malibu kills who didn't hear his his friend die right behind him. Like, they're just kind of jogging down a hall. Malibu guns one down, and the guy ahead of him is like, la 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 la, and then he gets killed. I, I mean, I get their cyber. They were always going to win, but um, I think a couple of regular cops could have done this. Uh, one rookie cop and a, like a very brave dog, maybe six kids. <laughs> Like a detective team of kids. Uh, a cartoon rabbit. Cartoon rabbit would have fucked these guys up. I think one, there's a part where one of the bad guys even is running away and goes, no, please. And they get, he gets killed. <laughs> yes. Like they're begging <laughs> for their life. <laughs> uh, they have one where they all get in a hallway. Uh, just oh, like yes. 10, 15 feet apart. And they start shooting each other. And the, we see T-Force just eat bullets. Like they can, ba- they barely even blink. They're just completely bulletproof. There's no stakes in this. Um, they execute those two. Uh, Kane eats t- a grenade. <laughs> uh, the first appearance of a grenade launcher, which makes, I would say, 280 appearances in this movie. This is a, the fucking grenade launcher lobby, like, funded this movie. Uh, Kane flies out the window. And he lands perfectly in a van, kicks his way out, heads right back in. These guys are fucking awesome. Yeah, in in the terrorist defense, they do aim only at the tits of the cyborgs. Right, at the, the heavily armored, lusciously chrome tits. <laughs> all they aim, even the guys. Yeah, like they don't look like pectoral muscles. Like they're like, no, we want luscious lady boobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a moment I really like because they they keep doing all the beats from Die Hard, and uh, the their Ving Rhames hacker guy runs into Jack Scalia and he's like, Oh, hello. I'm just a janitor. <laughs> like the whole building's exploding. And he's like, oh, I'm just a janitor. And then he, he explodes with a secret mop strike. Didn't work. Jack kills him. Um, that, that it took longer for me to describe that scene than it happened. They just were like, dude, we're doing this. It was in Die Hard. We have to do it. They do attempted a one-liner here too, where he's like, don't move. And then he kills him oh, and he yeah. goes, you moved. God. Like, yeah. I didn't even put that in my notes. It was just like, <laughs> It made me so sad. Like, <laughs> Nothing about a janitor pun. You'd be glad that he was dead and there was nobody else around. You'd be like, ah, that was a freebie. Yeah. I can, I'll, I'll beat it next time. Yeah. Fuck. Because uh, the cleanup on aisle whatever is pretty classic. And yeah. you just kill the janitor. Like, fucking make it work, buddy. <laughs> um, One of the terrorists is like a real crybaby lady. Like, she like takes off her mask. She's like, I'm just like a lady. I thought, oh, my God. Did they like dress up the hostages as terrorists? Like, no, she's just a lady terrorist who like is having a real emotional breakdown here in her dying moments. <laughs> and and then uh, Adam, the uh, dark haired cyborg hunk, just murders her after she gives up the hostages. Like, like she's like, oh please, uh, just let me live. I'll tell you where all the hostages are. And uh, now we start to realize, like, oh maybe these T four cyborgs are too badass. Like they 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 just murdered a whimpering lady who was cooperating. Um. Yeah, Adam Scalia. plays by uh, he plays by Highlander rules where there can be only one chin strap beard. So he just kills everything that that yes. everything dies except for Adam. I think he out. needs it more. I think Adam of the two is more of a human thumb. Like <laughs> that mm-hmm. is a load bearing retaining beard. 
that is also, that is keeping his flesh from being a, just a complete thumb. While from, we're talking about up. hair on cyborgs, why ponytails? Like, why? It's just so weird. I, I feel like that's 1994. I think when they're just making the cyborg, they're like, "What hair to select?" They're like, "Well, just default, whatever, yeah, whatever you yeah. got." Okay, so so blonde ponytail, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so renegade, renegade hair, yep, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, renegade hair. Yeah, that's who you would make a cyborg out of is Lorenzo Lamas. If it was Ooh, snake eater. Yes. Uh, so Scalia rescues the hostages. And one of them is tied to a bomb. Don't know why. Now that I think about it, I I, I don't know what anyone got out of this. Um, <laughs> so Kane comes in and because she's like on one of those pressure bombs where if you get off the bomb, it explodes. So like at any moment, the whole plan could have gone to shit if this this hostage just left or fell over or whatever. So um, Kane comes in and he's got like cybernetics so he can can um you know apply the exact proper amount of pressure so we see they have like all kinds of like math going on in their brains but before that um jack is going to shoot the door down and then kane like explodes the door in on the terror on the on the hostage yes standing on the delicate bomb like (laughs) there's this should have gone off i guess is my point um they have a big shootout where Adam Omega uh, creates like a little doorway in the drywall so we can walk through, which I oh. thought was adorable because everyone else on T-Force just jumps through the fucking wall. Hey, come yeah. on, you baby. This is the part where they're like bursting through walls, ripping through the floor, dropping down through the ceiling. It's like almost horrific, the, the amount of <laughs> chaos that they're putting into these people. And uh, and now we get Athens' death scene, which is uh, just beautiful. Uh, so we're we're sort of going into the Terminator part. So Athens takes a grenade to the hand and it gives him like Terminator hand, like the exact scene where Arnold's repairing his arm in the movie. Oh yeah. And he looks over and seems really sad about it. Like the choice he made as an actor was to almost cry. I think Um, that's just, I think that's every choice that guy is capable of making. (laughs) I think he's just got a real sadness that he carries with him throughout life. And then they cast him the cyborg movie and he's like, what? Do you need a bomber cyborg? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we do. Actually, cyborgs of every from flavor. The divorce court shoot. Uh, I'm really in character. Is it all right if I just cry a little bit? Um, it's like the two choices they have are confused or sad. Is yes. basically what happens through the whole movie. <laughs> uh, speaking of confused, that's what everyone decides to do: is be very confused. So they all stop and watch this guy reload his grenade launcher. <laughs> And like, like they take their guns off of him to like, oh, Athens has got this. They want to let Athens get this kill. So he walks over with his new now robot hand and he slowly starts to choke him, which gives him plenty of time to reload the grenade launcher, aim it directly at his robot head and shoot it the fuck off. Yeah. And it doesn't even kill the guy. He shoots a, a, a robot head off with a grenade launcher while it's choking him. Doesn't even get hurt. He's that good at grenades this is actually the hero of our movie yeah i love this guy uh so seven minutes ago i was exactly right athens is toast his head just got blown off by the greatest robot killer who's ever been he fucking first grenade hand skin second grenade robot head completely immune to aoe damage i don't even think we see that guy die like he gets out of there clean i bet he just goes on vacation after that. <laughs> I, I did. They hired me to fuck up a robot. I did it. I'm going home. <laughs> what is it? Four thirty? I'm taking off early. I got 
I got divorce court. That's why I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, what do we have now? Jack rescues a lady, but she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> she dies. She dies like from a, a straight bullet. He's and carrying her on her on his shoulder, like pointing at where the person is shooting at him. Like he's basically using her like a human shield. <laughs> yes, and, and it then, worked. He and then she die. dies, and he apologizes to her and closes her eyes. It is. I, it is so good because he also asked if she can walk. She's like, ah, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think she just didn't want to. It doesn't they didn't like make it clear what her problem was? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. There, there's a scene here where he seems to regret like his human frailty. Like, like I thought that we were going to go is like, oh, he realizes he needs to be cybernetically enhanced. I thought that's where the movie was going. Is this guy is going to learn from this moment? Like, God, I'm just a weak human. I need to be as strong as T-Force, but absolutely not. The opposite. Um, T-Force needs to be as weak as me. Yes. (laughs) And sad. (laughs) And horny. Uh, (laughs) And they will. (laughs) (laughs) The bad guys get a bunch of hostages in the helicopter, so it's like, this is quite a pickle. But Adam, the the main cyborg, just blows it up with a grenade launcher and says, mission accomplished. (laughs) Fucking hostages and all. Rules. Uh, Jack says, you son of a bitch. Uh, so now this is the new theme of the movie. They have a boardroom meeting about how badly this went. The, the, <laughs> there were several hostages killed directly by the guns of the robots they sent to rescue them. Um, I thought they did okay. I, you could make the case that they did a pretty bad job, but like, um, most of them got out. Um, if you dialed back the, the kick ass meter that you have to like 130%, like, like right here. When you crash through the ceiling, could you have uh, <laughs> saved a hostage instead of to do that? <laughs> yes, but my meter is set to kick ass 130 percent. Uh, my hands were tied. Yeah, uh, they come off the factory line like that. That's basically um, the argument that the that doctor Doctor Frump. I don't remember his name. <laughs> fucking Frank, dour, I just wrote Frankenstein. Tower carp of a man, just in there, <laughs> just in there, frowning and shaking. Uh, he's the inventor of them, and uh, and you won't believe this, a lot of sadness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, he's like really thinks of them as his children, and uh, he does this performative thing in a meeting with the mayor and like the chief of police. He's like, they are my children, they love, they feel. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> uh, he thought he was auditioning for a different movie. Yeah. The mayor is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers. Um, I love her. Uh, this is a true story. I gave her a kiss once at Comic-Con. <gasps> I asked her if I could give her a kiss, and she, and we were vibing. She said yes. Uh, the next year, I reminded her of that. She has no recollection. So I don't know if I caught her on, like, a fucking ambient moment where she's like, I will kiss anybody if they ask nicely. <laughs> but um, it was a one-sided romance, uh, but I felt it. It was really important to me. Uh, so Jack doesn't think robots have souls, despite this doctor... Uh, Really insisting they do. And this was surprising to me because I thought they were Robocops, but they are full robots. Like, um, they're yes. cybernauts. Yes, cybernauts. You racist piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jack, like me, is very sexually aggressive with the mayor. Uh, and she's not not into it, much like she was with me, but definitely it's a hard no. Um, much like it was for you much like it was for me <laughs> I feel like if, if you asked her about this movie she'd also not remember it yes <laughs> <laughs> well when we were watching tracks I told the story about Priscilla Barnes and when I met her at Comic Con I 
told her how much I love tracks and she had no idea what I was talking about. So that's just like the effect I have on women at Comic-Con. So back at uh, Robo HQ, all the uh, Cybernauts, they're getting repaired. They're sharing some laughs. Um, It's weird. They're kind of doing some training. There's a, there's a moment I had in my notes that just says weird because Kane is shooting the targets. He's an incredible. They're incredible robot marksmen. And then Adam Omega comes in and he's like a smug dick robot. So he's like, let me show you how it's done. Does exactly the same thing, only much, much slower. And I'm like, <laughs> <Yes>. okay, okay, <laughs> that's fucking weird, right? He reloads so many times. <laughs> you can't have a scene where everyone's so badass, they succeed 100% of the time and then be like, yeah, we proved something there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the, what the filmmakers are trying to tell us. Uh, they cut to a strip bar and we see the saddest stripper. Like she's oh, she's married to Athens or something. Uh, she looks not like anymore. a robotic grandmother of six, and she's a real robot, right? Not anymore. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's so depressed. So she's a robot. She like in the middle of the dance, and when I say sad, I mean like so she sad. looks <laughs> so sad. I, I'm glad we all agree. She has like really big panties on that are like kind of pulled up high waisted. Uh, she's not. She's past her prime. But she like, is not dancing erotically. She is dancing yeah. like a drunk aunt at a wedding. She is just her. Her moves are like those um those noodle things outside of like tire repair places. Yes. but like on slow motion, yeah, real just much more subdued. Yeah. Everybody's day. Everybody's like, yeah, I love this almost entirely clothed, sad, sad woman who uh who is not doing not quite doing the two step, doing anything, yeah. the one point five step. So sad. But, uh, but that that's what you get with robot precision. You can design her to do anything. <laughs> Somebody requested that she be sad. The owner of this bar is like, they're into yeah, like real like real lower her posture to a two. I want her I want her just kind of hunched over and bored. Uh, could you give her like a I want to say like a 15% scoliosis? <laughs> I want five more C-section scars. Uh, tell you, the bartender loves it. <laughs> they do. They fuck everyone in the bar. Cannot believe how much they love it. Right. Literally applauding the sad dancer uh, <laughs> until she like collapses in on herself. Uh, the bartender is a maniac little person who jumps up on the bar and like runs across it. He's so uh, angry. He's so angry. He's so scampery. Uh, very, very weird choice to make. Uh, and Jack is at here. He's out with the boys complaining about robot prostitutes. He fucking hates robots. And damn it, his waitress is a robot. She's one of them. Um, he, and his friends leave him. And uh, she loves their- it, for the yeah. record. She's like, ooh, are you racist against me? I can't wait. Can't wait to get on top of you. She is programmed to change his mind. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's making a pretty uh, intense move on him. I, this is fucking crazy world building because early at the Die Hard Embassy, uh, it seemed like robots were like a real special thing. Like we're going to send in robots to kill these bad guys. And now they're just stripping and serving drinks. And there's like this human versus robot debate that like in buddies have when they're out drinking. 1998. <laughs> <laughs> these robots are everywhere, right? Hello, can I get you a drink? I am a robot. God damn it. They're everywhere. Please, I'll suck your dick if you change your mind about robots. <laughs> no! Uh, <laughs> My sadness must be preserved. Uh, and also, this is a whole world where robots exist. And we're back at the Robo HQ. And Dr. Frankenstein is explaining to the surviving members of T-Force that Athens is dead. And they like, they don't get it. They're like, 
does that mean he will be back later? And they're like, no, he's fucking dead. Like, no. <laughs> oh, my what? God. What have we been doing to these people? <laughs> what our life? Uh, so the doc explains that um, they will also die or, or that the cops are going to turn them off because they, they killed too many hostages on purpose. And they're like, no, fuck that. And this is a really complicated dilemma that the robots have to go through. I, I took a clip of this. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Jonathan. Do you threaten our self-preservation? Stop this. Stop this now. Directive. Eliminate self-preservation threats. Directive. Obey authority. <laughs> Directive. Self-preservation. Obey authority. Self-preservation. Obey authority. Self-preservation. 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 Obey. Self-preservation. Adam. Self. <laughs> Self. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so fucking good. So they kill Doctor Frankenstein uh, through like complicated robot logic that like if we don't kill him, they're going to turn us off. So, um, I just so wrote down that whenever somebody doesn't get something, Malibu double doesn't get it. <laughs> like, he still doesn't get it when that scene yes. ends. He's like, so is he? Is he coming back later? <laughs> uh, he wears them as a backpack for the rest of the film. <laughs> Uh, one of them mentions the first law of robotics. So, uh, if you thought you were getting like an Isaac Asimov thing, it, it absolutely, that's what they were going for to the point where they accidentally quote, like, iRobot. Um, they cut back to Jack and he is in a jerk off helmet, uh, <laughs> getting seduced by like, uh, in his virtual reality helmet. It's fucking awesome. It's like this giant sphere that goes around his head. This is what this movie does that I find so confusing. And I, I like this director and I, I own this movie. But you would think by their like cybernaut outfits that they would be like, oh, we're going for like a wild, fun tone. But yeah. then they're like, no, everything's sad and serious. And you're yeah. like, what? I'm just so like, because then I laugh at the helmet and then I'm I'm instantly sad again. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it breaks, he gets a code red from the, from the Genesis lab. They're like, oh, so Robots gone crazy and killed their creator again. Um, God, what, what are we at in this movie? Fucking. Uh, they, they cut to the robots I have that they're still arguing in my notes. That, like, they're still, like, should Directed. we kill all the p police? And um, Malibu still doesn't get it. Brockway's right. He's just <laughs> constantly confused. <laughs> he's like the robot that's like, oh, I get it. And then when you go to do it, he's like, oh, what was this again? <laughs> Kane, uh, Kane and Jack are having like a meeting of the humans and the robots their philosophical meeting and uh, Kane's like I am robot not unlike you and then Jack's like fucking bullshit what wait maybe maybe we agree on the law what of the law on that we agree human and so they they're kind of on the same side in that uh, they need to get the three bad robots and, like, stop them from doing all the uh, killings. Um, I made a quick movie game here. Uh, Adam Omega is the name of the main uh, uh, T-Force bad guy. And he's it's obviously an awesome name. Uh, he's played by Evan Lurie. Uh, I want you to try to guess his name in these other films. Dirk, you might know these cold. Uh, oh. What is his name in the film... Expect to die. You're playing together. Make any guess you'd like. 
Uh, Autumn Amega. Ooh, that's very close. Uh, in that movie, in Expect to Die, his name is Stone. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's bad. Okay. <laughs> he was also in a film called Hologram Man, which he wrote himself. Oh, what? Do you what? Think, what do you think his name was in that? Thumbs McNulty. <laughs> that's actually really close. <laughs> uh, uh, his, Steel, Ra- yeah. Steel Razor? Oh, shit, I love that. But no, no, his name was Slash Gallagher. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I think you guys were both like exactly half right. (laughs) Yeah, between the two. Uh, What was that called? Invisible what? uh, Hologram Man was the name of the movie. The little little flag on the mailbox of Dirk's head just pops up. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? He's out on Amazon. We're not going to hear from him for like two minutes (laughs) while he orders Hologram Man. Uh, You say he wrote it. He yeah. did. <laughs> and he wrote that name for himself. And for that reason, I will own it. Slash, I shall play Slash Gallagher. <laughs> he was in a movie called Ring of Fire 2, Blood and Steel. Can you guess his name in that? Uh, Ringo Fire. <laughs> it's close. Uh, Cole Forge. Just Predator. <laughs> 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 he was in uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Double Impact. What do you think his name was in that? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, God, that's really close. Blade. Climax Club Bouncer. <laughs> Didn't get a character name. I just love that. <laughs> All right, we're going to do one more. He was in a movie called Death Game. Name that Evan Lurie character. Yahtzee. Ethan Death. His name in that film was Grep. <laughs> <laughs> really that you uh you took the game you ruined for me and like turned it inside out and gave it back. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> We're playing that again before the podcast is over. Adam is killing the police station. Uh, um from Terminator. Fucking, yes, from Terminator. They're doing Terminator now. Um I saw a Don the Dragon Wilson poster in this cop station. I think the cop station has all of the director's other movies on the wall. Like that's yes. fucking incredible detail you thought you earned that the right to be meta (laughs) i created a cinematic universe in a couple of his movies he does that where he's like this is what people would have in their home posters (laughs) no one ever had in their home yeah you cannot buy that poster uh i love this um uh, Adam finally gets like like the main cop and he tears off his hand skin and he's got he's got like a little poker on his finger and I'm like, what? what's this? Is this like truth serum or something? No, it's a lightsaber ramrod. Yes. It's fucking incredible. It's like if a lightsaber could be a butter knife. <laughs> yes. Please tell me that that's his name in a different movie. Lightsaber ramrod. <laughs> lightsaber ramrod. Oh, God, I wish. I found one name. He was Johan Davod, which I really liked, but uh, I had to make cuts. Lightsaber Ramrod really is a perfect name for this guy. So they kill the police chief. They blow up the police station, take a chopper, and uh, they have the good robot back in custody, rigged with a bomb, uh, which never comes up later. Like, they have an Amanda Waller bomb in his neck, and they're like, you fuck with us, we're going to blow it up. Um, They're asking him about the bad three. They're like, where, where are they? And he's like, I don't fucking know. They're like, you're a robot. You should know. And he's, and he kind of implies that that's sort of a racist way to think. Yeah. So, uh, they don't, again, this theme is not really revisited. This is, uh, uh, the only people in this world who hate robots are Jack and no one else. So it's not really a, a race allegory. And everyone else just wants to fuck him. 
Right. That's what they're literally there for. Yep. They're just horny strippers and dancers and waitresses. Uh, and they're robots. Like, what What else would you do with them? You rig them to, to, to kill enemies and have wonderful, beautiful lovemaking. Uh, so they do a shot where uh, you see this a lot in movies where they kind of spin around two characters as like their worlds <laughs> intertwine. They overdid this. It's so like crazy. <laughs> like a Mexican variety show. Like the cameraman just runs around them in a circle for like 20 minutes. Like way fast for the tone of the scene. <laughs> yes. too. It's just like, why are we doing this? Uh, so they kind of reluctantly decide they need to work together. This this racist against robots, cops, and this walking bomb. Uh, I guess in two ways, because he literally has a bomb, but he's also like a time bomb in that. At any moment, his logic center might say, oh, I must kill all the humans because, you know, I um, I have the wrong fucking if-then statement. It has uh, happened so. to three out of four robots. <laughs> yes. Three out of four killbots. <laughs> I love that this scene ends. Do you have, am I jumping on your clip or something? No, no, no. I don't have a clip for a while. So they, they agree that they have to team up and join forces. And yeah. Jack says heaven help us he's one of us now and then he thinks this is his like trailer moment so he lifts up his huge hand cannon and he pulls the trigger and it makes a gun cocking sound <laughs> you don't even know how guts work <laughs> that's that was an incredible you've never even seen a gun you you yeah. don't even have a guess as to what the trigger part does and and the sound effects guy is just like i know what to do here it is weird because uh, it's a reverse Chekhov's gun because earlier in the movie, he hands off his like nine millimeter to the lady who he got killed. And then he pulls out this giant Python revolver and he never does shit with it. You're like, oh, that would actually probably kill a robot. That is that gun is crazy big. And I don't think he ever hits anything with it. Uh, and here it is making weird clicking sounds that don't really apply. He doesn't hit anything with it because it's not function. It's a lighter. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. just the lighter. <laughs> it has a crazy yeah. scope on it too that's just completely unnecessary for what that right. is. It's a lighter and, it's and on, nobody told him. <laughs> it's on the <laughs> you cover. You can't give him a real gun. <laughs> it's on the is cover on of the, the cover? DVD. Yeah. The oh. DVD is great because it has the explosion with only 3 of the Cybernauts on there, the team force. Right. And then the guy that teams up with Jack with the rip in his cheek and then Jack holding his gun improperly, <laughs> which is amazing. That is, I mean, that's the movie. If you had to pick three things to sum up the movie, it's the yeah. gun no one ever shoots anybody with, a scene <laughs> no one remembers, and then... Uh, the best part, the interest. Some of the robot team. Yep, some. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the bad three robots are, like, trying to get guns. And so they have a scene where they meet with a bandit gang, and one of the bandit leaders is like, last cop that came down here, yum, 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 he was super yummy. <laughs> like, they just, they ate a cop. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> uh, and they talk about, like, a demilitarized zone or something like that. Like, like this future is so dystopian, there are sections that count as the wasteland in the city. Um, the year? 1998! <laughs> so... Mandragora in oh, the middle of this conversation just to like <laughs> fucking show everyone the size of her dick deep throats the guy's gun yes <laughs> and I think she made him pull the trigger and then like spits the bullet out so he <laughs> she made him blow his bullet wad in her <laughs> mouth and then spit it out that's what that's it's very specifically what killed Athens 
This yeah. is act. <laughs> and she goes, sorry, I'm not very hungry. Like he had made some line or something before. There was no, yeah. she just put a gun in her mouth, spit the bullet out, goes, I'm not hungry. And he's I'm like, sorry, what? my my matrix <laughs> predicted with 98% accuracy that you would say, eat this. So I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought, yeah, maybe they cut it, but I do think she just had that conversation in her head. <laughs> it's so uh, weird. <laughs> so they're, they're killing all the bad guys. The main big bad guy that ate a copy tries to punch one of them, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. Like, no, it never occurs to any of them to run from these obviously invincible killing machines. She just gave a gun a blowjob. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> they have like this Native American guy who's like, come on, come on, come on. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to do some shit. He jumps out with like a tiny little pistol and gets close enough that the robot can just, like, grab the gun and kill him. I just love this gang. I think every choice they make is good. Gang of optimists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did eat that one cop, so, I mean, they, they sometimes get... High sh- on that. <laughs> We're invincible. We got cop yeah. blood. <laughs> <laughs> We're Wendigos, right? <laughs> anyway, the, the Jack asks uh, the mayor if he can have the robot son of a bitch as a partner. He's, like, back with Aaron Gray. He's like, I need that robot to help me f- solve the crime. She's like, fine. He's your partner. He's like, wait, no, fuck. I don't want a robot partner. I hate robots. And I have no idea what happened in the script, but that's what fucking happened in the thing. <laughs> you specifically I specifically asked for it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's all smug about it. She's like, I know you hate robots. Because uh, I guess we also find out here they used to date. Um, which Important, important plot point. <laughs> yeah, not, not really. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't come back. No. Nope. Um, so... The robot. We cut back to the robots. Uh, they're they're reading the newspaper, and they decide oh, yeah. to kill the mayor. They're like, "Oh, the mayor is going to be at a boat today," and they're like, "We should kill her." Yes, if we kill her, then the the law will not try to kill robots. Um, you made the dumbest fucking robots. Yeah, they really are. And so Zeus Malibu, he's like, "Let's fucking kill that man." He's super super convinced that they should kill the mayor. Not super convinced. Very confused. Thinks they should kill the mayor, and then. Uh, Kane says, or not Kane, Adam, he says, oh, you have the sweet taste of blood on your lips. And Zeus is like, oh, hell yeah. So, like, that's the type of dialogue we have. I didn't take a clip because I knew that um, you could picture that in your head so perfectly. Also, none of that matters because there's something coming up in the movie that's going to make this something that everyone will want to own. That's true. Uh, I do have a clip of that. But before that, uh, Jack and his new partner are driving off the robot. And Jack, the fucking dumbass tells the robot they're going to kill him after the mission. He makes it very clear, like, as soon as you're done helping me, we're going to disassemble you. And I know that turns you into a killing machine, but I'm saying it anyway because I fucking hate you. You're a robot. And now we cut back to the robots, the exact same spot. That's how this movie bounces around. Uh, Mandragora finds some pornography, and she learns what love is. Hold on. Hold on. First, first, she gently bounces into the room holding a ball and asks... (laughs) asks Zeus Malibu to play fetch with her and he says I'm too busy modifying guns and he throws the ball away like get this away from me and she trots after it like a dog yes and that's yeah. where she finds and yeah, that's so where she, she finds uh, abandoned hobo pornography treasure as <laughs> as we knew it in the 1990s yeah yes and Malibu I guess you make a good point that Malibu is a killing machine and she's decided I'm a puppy now uh, <laughs> and I have a clip of this play with me Zeus there's no time for play, Mandragora, while I'm modifying these weapons. What are these two people doing? 
It appears as though they're procreating. Can we procreate? <laughs> I'll try. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, no. I think you'd have to take your clothes off first, Gore. <laughs> Judging by the picture, you would too. <laughs> Unbelievable. Exactly what you think is happening is happening. Picture in time. Picture some very gentle but touching. Uh, amazing. Amazing. They go, they go outside. Uh, Dirk, do you want to describe this erotic scene for the, for the listeners? So they're outside under a tree mm-hmm. and Malibu's watching through the window. It's like super <laughs> softcore porn vibes. It's, yeah. it's so broad daylight. unexpected. Broad daylight. And then the saxophone swells. Mm. And, and for a second, you forget you're watching T4s. It is yeah. unbelievable. It is it so also erotic. Has, that awesome uh, thing that happens in uh, softcore films where people touch each other in ways they wouldn't, like the right. back of the hand on a nipple or something, where if <laughs> right. you did that to another person, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? What are you, what are you doing here, buddy? <laughs> I just want to rub your collarbone, the very yeah. famously erogenous zone collarbone, <laughs> for about five minutes, while another woman comes in and stands here where you were, because she and- agreed to take her shirt off, Mandragora. <laughs> Some of us like to fucking make good film. And it ends with Malibu turning the magazine sideways. Like, like yeah. he's so confused still. He doesn't yeah. get it. He's watching them <laughs> penetrate each other. And he's like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. But later he'll be like, what, so what were you doing? <laughs> Start from the beginning. But this is a world where people fuck robots. That's what's in yep. a way. This is amazing because that means this Dr. Frankenstein guy legitimately wasn't fucking his robots he's like i these these are my children i'm not gonna do any weird sex stuff with them i'm gonna make them killing machines and uh it wouldn't even occur to me to have sex with him even though he can just download the fucking software from like any robot site I don't and know, gave I, them all dongs yeah i mean that's yeah functioning boners <laughs> well <laughs> lightsaber ramrod boners that's for yeah. battle <laughs> battle boners. for battle that's why that's why malibu was so confused and like very natural motherly, like you would have think that it's a robot. She'd have like bolted on like breast implants, but no, they're just, they're, they're regular human boobs. Yep. Uh, interesting choice. I just can't believe, I can't believe we cut back to just the villains of the movie to watch yes. a tender saxophone laden romance scene. You're like, what the fuck are we doing? What's happening? <laughs> it's a very good point. Should it not have been Jack and like the mayor or something? What what are you doing? I like that Adam also was just like, you feel like he was waiting for her to ask that question. Like he put the magazine there or something because he, right. he wasn't confused at all. He's just like, well, this is how we'd have to do it. And she's like, all right. You know what this is exactly outside. like? Exactly if like you were watching Die Hard and in the middle of it, it cut away <laughs> from Bruce Willis and two of the terrorists just started tenderly making love in a closet. And then the saxophones roll up and then we cut away from it and just never mentioned it again. Your I vagina is toast. <laughs> <laughs> what an insane decision. Oh my God. Uh, now I have an erection. Ho, <laughs> ho, ho. Uh, I'm going to be doing that all day. We'll just cut. <laughs> Jamie cut the next three hours of me doing exactly that. Okay, so they go to a liquor store and a gun store, which was robbed by the T-Force. Uh, they stole a bunch of mercury and Kane's like, oh, that means they're wounded. So somehow in that fist fight they had with the, uh, the bandits, they like got mm. all fucked up. Um, and thermometers heal them. 
<laughs> Thermometer's heal then. Yes. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I have no notes on that. Uh, Kane smells nitroglycerin on the clerk's hands. He's like grabbing the dude and sniffing him. So he's also made the choice that his robot is a puppy. And uh, <laughs> the guy has like a full bomb lab in the back and laughs at the cop when he's like, dude, I don't think you have homemade bomb permits. He's like, ha, 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 fuck you, cop. You can't do anything about this bomb lab. We're saying cop in. eating zone and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, oh, they also took all my red food coloring. And uh, Jack, a genius detective, says, what, are they going to make a cake? <laughs> so um, that's where Jack Jack's head is. Um, and now uh, they're back on the boat where the mayor is going to be. And the, we know the robots want to kill her here. And the alderman is laying out their boat defenses. So whatever this alderman's job is, it's it's budget, budgetary, and it's also boat defense. Uh I think they're in charge of plants. <laughs> That's like, gonna be it. I don't think they're boat defense and robot wranglers. I, I'm only pretty sure about that. I think the boat has enough wood on it that it counts as a plant, which puts it in alderman jurisdiction. It, it does like water, like a plant. Like a plant. Boats like water. Uh, so they have their defenses set up. They're like, okay, we got guns that won't kill them here. We got some guns that won't kill them set up here. And then Kane says, cybernauts don't need oxygen, you fucking idiot alderman. <laughs> you need to have people in the water. And so they send a bunch of guys in the water. That Nothing comes of that. Uh, that doesn't nope. come up later. He's wrong. Um, he's just wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> so the mayor sees Kane, the killer robot who's working for the police that she personally assigned to her former lover as a police partner and loses her mind. She's like, get it away. What is it doing here? Get it away. Uh, everyone pulls their guns. Uh, this I just wrote fucking weird. What is happening in this movie? <laughs> Nobody watched the scene where she did that. Right. Like they were in charge of this. Somebody was in charge of these five minutes. Somebody that had directed like one episode of Three's Company one time got these five minutes and was like, I, I get the gist. The mayor hates robots. What? No, no, no. Uh, we, we did say that she uh, is personally the one who assigned him. I, they're never going to communicate that. Yeah. Uh, it also seems like an overreaction for everyone to pull a gun. I just don't think this is how... Jack points a gun at the mayor. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to kill the mayor. It's like, tell that lady to stop saying get it away. If she says get it away, I will fucking blow her head off. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Kane is played by an actor named Bobby Johnston. Can the two of you guess his name in these other incredible films and television shows? Now, Johnny Boston. <laughs> it's close. Billy Bobby. Uh, we left off where, um, let's see. Grep was the final character name from Evan Lurie. That's a clue. Uh, what do you think Bobby Johnston's name is in Passion's Peak? Grope. Grope. Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah, close. Chip. We were looking for Chip. Ah. But can you name his character name in Tracker? Also Chip. Uh, track. Trip. Damn. Damn. He was Grope. in a... That's Don't exactly call. a combination of our two guesses. Yeah. <laughs> letter for letter. To the phonic. This Matter of Marriage was a film he was in. Can you name his character? Reverend Billy Kilbot. Uh, divorce. Kip. <laughs> divorce is a pretty good character name. Uh, he played a character on Melrose Place. Uh, can you name that character? Bip. Skip. Cop. Damn. Uh, and he was also in Robocop Prime Directives. 
Uh, can you name his character in that? Slap. Car- Carl Buck. God, God damn it. Wild card. Got yeah. you with the wild card. Right. I'm going to give you guys 50 points. You can take hmm. it to the bonus podcast where we're going to play many games exactly like that. Okay, so the robots here, they're, they're infiltrating the boat and they're going in quiet because they're unstoppable kill monsters. So that's what they have to do. They kill three guards with karate. Um, like real mean karate. It sort of seems like they're dragging it out on purpose. Like, like that guy, <laughs> there's this one guy they kicked it that so slowly and purposefully. Um, I don't know. I had that in my notes. I thought that was funny. Uh, Mandragora, she poses as a waitress to get close to the mayor. Uh, I, I, I don't know how this would work. She looks like a cyborg, even in her plain clothes. I, I imagine everyone on the boat is looking out for uh, a cyborg. Uh, okay, so here's where, like, I feel like they laid it on a little too thick because the mayor comes on and she starts giving a speech and she says, uh, you see how I like to enter with a bang? Wait till you see how I go out. And I I don't know what this could mean other than I'm about to explode. I just don't, I don't know why you'd ever say this. Everyone well, loves it, too. They're like, yes. Yeah, I get that joke. You're making a reference to how you're about to explode in this film. Um, Jack finds Mandragora in a hallway and he pulls his python out on her. Um, uh, I didn't, gun. I, gun. The gun. His one. gun, right. <laughs> I, I just realized, like, that totally sounds like a fucking limp-ass dick joke. And I was like, I didn't mean it like that. I promise. I promise. Um, back on the deck, uh, the mayor is about to christen the ship. So she's like, uh, I'm going to break the ship. I'm going to break this bottle of the ship, right? Everybody get ready. This wine. Boy, I love wine. Oh, here I go on about the wine. It's like, what, what the fuck would this be other than setting up an exploding bottle of wine, right? And, but surely um, it's not an exploding sh- bottle of wine in the pivotal that would, scene. That would, that would be absurd. Uh, it would only be more absurd if, like, I don't know, Tarzan came in to stop it. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so uh, Chip Kane comes swooping in on a rope and knocks this bottle like 400 yards out of her hands into a car in the next county that explodes. Um, so that's what their plan was. Uh, the Tarzan's the exploding wine out of the mayor's hands. That's that's some that's some Batman shit. That is some Batman shit, like some Adam West Batman. Some Adam West Batman shit. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so T-Force's plan was not to use their invincible cyber bodies to walk through all their enemies and kill the mayor. It was this undercover exploding wine plan. That's what the red food coloring was for. Uh, Genius. And <laughs> Jack hears this, ex- this distant explosion. And I don't quite know what happens. I don't know if I looked away from the TV, but he has somehow left. He had Mandragora at, on, like, at gunpoint, and then he just leaves to check out the explosion. Well, he tells her, he shows her the gun and he says, I only have six bullets, but I'll make them count. And he does not. They just bounce off her and then he runs away. (laughs) 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 But but he he decides to go back to the explosion, but then also decides to go back and have a gunfight with her. Uh, Then they play hide and seek and she just immediately finds him hiding behind a crate and misses him. So I guess she doesn't have the same like tactical targeting systems as the other two robots. And then he shoots a crate down on her, uh, which is a pretty sweet shot. Like uh, fucking Wiley Coyote. I swear <laughs> to God, it's the exact Acme cartoon box yeah. from Looney yeah. Tunes. 
like pull it off of her and she would just be flat and she would have to like put her thumb in her mouth and blow to reinflate herself. <laughs> it's the, it, he kills her as a cartoon. Yes. Roger Simon Rabbit Nuts shit. I'm saying. Only weakness. She ate a bullet earlier, but here's a fucking crate being dangled over this boat over a dinner party. They're like, oh, the mayor's here. Make sure to dangle the 18 ton crate. <laughs> it's full of wine. She loves it. <laughs> oh, wine. The exploding wine, her favorite. Uh, Kane shoots Adam in the head during all this kerfuffle. And uh, <laughs> Adam's just like, nice shot. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, God, what happens next? Malibu shoots a grenade launcher at Kane from the helicopter. And he lands in the water. And he's in sheer robot panic going, Jack, Jack, I'm sinking. <laughs> Which is uh, not his weakness. He not just weakness. said, he "Just fucking explains." <laughs> literally, you, literally, that character yes. said the words, "You fucking idiots! Robots <laughs> don't need oxygen. They could come from the water. Ever send your guys in there, and I then thought- you end the scene with him. Oh no, I can't swim. <laughs> fucking nobody pays attention. <laughs> but this shows how the theme was more important, and Jack's character arc was more important because now he jumps into the water to save the robot, who he should hate. But he's learning to respect. And so and if he can't is, swim because he's too heavy, what right. the fuck are you going to do, Jack? Exactly. You're just going to go to the bottom with him. He's a very strong swimmer. And now Malibu and Adam uh, hit reset on their talk about whether or not uh, they or the law are corrupt. They're like, who's who's corrupt? Us? I told you Malibu law. didn't get it. And <laughs> yeah, Malibu's still very confused. Uh, but But like... I worry that he's going to start losing these arguments because uh, uh, eventually Malibu might be. I think we should be good guys, but um, for now, Malibu's still on the side of evil. Okay, uh, God, where are we are on this movie now? We are we are at the point after he leaves talking to Malibu where Adam goes back to his bunk and grabs Mandragora's favorite ball because it reminds him of her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> I do think all it would take is a full rewrite of all the dialogue and plot, and this would be a pretty great movie. This would be Cyberbud. Yeah, they just didn't realize how fun it was. That's the thing about Cybertracker 1 and 2 is they get like, oh, this is fun action, like big yeah. explosions, making it wild. And this just has this <laughs> drape of sadness on it that just keeps it from reaching those high parts because they go they go and drink next. Isn't that the next scene? Yeah, they go to the pool hall. Uh, Jack <laughs> takes his robot out for a night on the town with his buddies. And his friends are like, wait, you're a racist against robots. And now you're buddying up with a robot. Um, uh, the robot asks if this is Jack's home, because sometimes he can assess high level threats and sarcasm. But sometimes he's just dumb <laughs> as fucking shit. <laughs> See, it's like that's supposed to be funny, right? And this drinking beat is supposed to be funny. And the yeah. good at pool part supposed to be funny. But it just feels very sad and matter of fact. Yeah. Like, in any other movie, the robot would be like, ah, oh, pool. And then he'd do, like, fucking trigonometry on the fucking table and mm-hmm. hit all the balls at once and knock them all in. But here he's just, like, reasonably pretty good at pool. Just- also, it's 1998 and the balls rack themselves. That's yes. weird. Yeah, they, they magnet into a triangle. <laughs> uh, we and should have that tech by now, right? 1998! <laughs> <laughs> pool balls shall rack themselves! Uh, <laughs> 
the robot says, I can't drink with you. Like, alcohol has no effect on me. So he pours him a pint of Jack Daniels as if, like, he's going to outsmart science with volume. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jack takes him home for a a nightcap of of beer and auto repair. He's like, come on, have a beer. Oh, I forgot. You fucking can't get drunk, you piece of shit. Let's go fix my car. It's my dad's car. Here's my backstory. Uh, He falls asleep under the car. Telling uh, the story of his dad committing yes, suicide. <laughs> yes, this is so much character development. Maybe too much. Maybe this is. Maybe this writing is too good. Uh, he wakes up and Kane has been watching him sleep for seven hours, but uh, he secretly fixed the car while he was under it. Um, and they wake up in the morning, and and Jack's like gets in the car, starts. And he's like, "Well, the car is running well. I must." have fixed it. He's like, yes, last night you were drunk and fixed your car. He's like, man, this is so cool. I'm really good at fixing cars. He's a detective. His character is a detective. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great point I didn't even think about, is that he's just so quickly fooled and never figures it out. Like, between him and the robot, they are just the dumbest fucking idiots. Um... Back at the lab, Kane is taking a screwdriver to uh, Mandragora's corpse, and that crate shredded her. Like, she is, <laughs> <laughs> she is like two feet tall and like has half her skin gone. Robots, uh, robots are weak to wine. It just <laughs> dissolved her. <laughs> they, pull out, they pull out the Nicolas Cage bomb from the rock, which is inside her head. Uh, they, this is her Positron Annex. Great name. They, they plug it into a box and they start speaking to her. And she is in full, like, existential despair. She's like, this is death. All is black. There is nothing. <laughs> they make it so clear specifically to Kane. And Kane, the, the actor playing him, looks like, makes the choice, I'm going to play this really disturbed and hurt yeah. by, how, by how much this is hell for robots. I just yes. really want to drive that home. That was the whole point of the scene was like, they put this this robot woman in hell just to interrogate her, and Kane's like, "My God, my yeah, God!" That's remember right. that because that does come back. Uh, <laughs> wait, not the way you think. Way. Not the way you think. <laughs> uh, Jack gets a exploding bullet upgrade in in what has to be a two second scene. He's just like, "Oh look, my gun has exploding bullets now." Next, the uh, fuck weren't we using them all this time? If yeah. you just have them. Incredible. Were they daddy's? Were those the bullets daddy used to kill himself? Were they special to you? <laughs> Is that the arc paying off? Uh, it, it, the movie is really coming together here. They have like upgrade scenes. They have like existential robot death, character development. It's like all of a sudden it's a movie just here in the last fucking final moments. So uh, they go to a showdown in the final factory because the 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 existential robot mind says. Oh, sure. I'll tell you where my friends are. I don't care. Um, I guess she was a loyal puppy the whole time. <laughs> uh, they, there's a scene I really love uh, where they're like, oh, look, everything, a bunch of stuff here. There's all their weapons. And Kane says, yep, guns, bomb. And Jack goes, what? And Kane goes, bomb. And then Jack goes, oh, bomb, run. Uh, brilliance. I didn't take a clip of that because I, I, I wanted to perform that. We know for a fact that robot understands bombs. He disarmed a bomb in the, like, the very first scene. He yeah. knows what a bomb is. He has one inside him right now. Everyone, including the screenwriter, forgot about. Um, so let's see. 
they are now facing off with uh, Malibu, who has a minigun, and Adam, who has the grenade launcher, uh, who I probably should have mentioned, uh, has been used five or six times that uh, that I haven't said. Like, it's just every four minutes, a grenade launcher goes off. Um, our good guys run while they get wildly missed at by Malibu and Adam it, with two guns that are like really just filling the world with explosions and bullets. And yeah. um, then they split up and Kane uses his super cyber hearing, a brand new power he has to say, ah, they have split up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's, there's a part I really like here where Jack flips a coin. Yeah. And Kane is back to being fucking stupid. So he not only doesn't know what a bomb is, he doesn't know what coin flipping is. So he's like, call, call it, does not compute. Um, uh, the coin comes up in Jack's favor, so he gets the main bad guy, because obviously the loser has to fight Malibu. Um, yeah, that's Gans. Fight yeah, that's Gans. or race. I mean, that's you don't good feel point. good about killing Malibu. It's like, it's like killing a horse. <laughs> it doesn't understand. You can't teach it. I do think Malibu is at least 40% horse DNA. It's a I mean, he was a, he was a centaur one time. That's true. Maybe that's mm. why I think of him that way. Uh, but even that's when he was a centaur, like a horse. I, would, I would say he's half horse, <laughs> half man who is 40% horse. I don't, I don't, I can't do the math on that in my head, but. Um, 160% horse. <laughs> but Dirk does make a good point that uh, this is a race. Like when they split up. <laughs> Uh, Adam is like, okay, I'm going to stay here and gunfight. And Malibu's like, I see dune buggies. I'm going to leave on a dune buggy. <laughs> yeah, that looks like fucking fun. And he's right. It's a, ma- it's a cybernaut. It's a cybernaut Malibu dune buggy robot chase. That's great. That's great yeah, to put is, in your movie. This yep. is what Richard Pepin does really well. Is like, you know what's cool? Dune buggies. And also constant explosions. Hell. And for the next like 10 minutes, that's what you get. He delivers yep. on it. It's I can't great. believe he had this explosion budget, like because this movie does not look like it. I feel like he had to yeah. decide between like a like a real camera and a hundred <laughs> explosions, and he made the right choice. Yeah, he does that in Cyber Tracker and other films as well. It's like the explosions look so good and they're so huge that you're just like, that must have been all of the money. Yeah, I and also they pulled the trigger on titties. I'm like, why are there not more titties and <laughs> less plot, more explosions? Like this could have been an Andy Sedaris movie. With oh, cyborgs, yeah. and it's uh, it's not. It's it's iRobot and Die Hard and Terminator. Uh, anyway, okay, so we got grenade shelling everywhere because Adam is just thumping grenades into the uh, garbage. He cannot hit Jack. Um, there's a scene here I love where they show a full slow motion shot of uh, Jack's face while he runs from the grenades, and it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's not him. <laughs> it's obviously not him. Uh, <laughs> I maybe wouldn't have noticed this on my 1994 TV, but in yeah. 480p, like I genuinely thought a third guy was running through the grenade fight. Like this, <laughs> it looks so nothing like him. Um, and then we go back to the dune buggy chase, which I think we were making it sound kind of awesome before, but it's kind of tame at first. It's sort of, they're just a couple of pals driving dune buggies. Um, it's because it gets awesome. It ends yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they have to build to it. It's... Uh, SWAT is arriving, I guess. So, so it's like we have some more stakes. Like there's human cops arriving. Uh, grenade, grenade, grenade. Uh, that's what it says in my notes. Jack starts missing him with his exploding bullets. He realizes, oh, I can shoot that guy with my exploding bullets. Like he is just whiffing a stationary target by dozens of feet. So um, I don't know if he just 
can't because earlier he hit that fucking crate's rope in a, in the middle of like taking fire from Mandragora. So he can shoot a gun. He's I think it's just the exploding bullets are really inaccurate, which uh, that's just me apologizing for the film. Um, some random awesome guy jumps out of the cop car uh, and misses a bunch of shots against Adam. The whole every policeman has decided to shoot at the robot with their sidearms. Like none of the cops even brought like assault <laughs> rifles or bazookas. They're just uh, guys use your nine millimeters. It's the only thing that can take down the unkillable robot. Uh, they die like um, Adam just fucking shoots their SWAT van with a grenade launcher. Uh, God, what else? I I feel like every detail of this is pretty important. Uh, <laughs> My is, notes just say more explosions, more slow mo walking. Yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> the because uh, yeah, the the gunfight between the main bad guy and Jack is like uh, they kind of slowly move through the debris. And then miss each other with a grenade launcher and exploding bullet. And then uh, reposition a little. Um, Kane, meanwhile, is chasing down Malibu's dune buggy and shooting at him with another tiny sidearm. Uh, This heavily armored cyber dune buggy. But eventually he hits the part of the armor that explodes and fucking kaboom. Malibu's dune buggy lights up, flies into the air, and the other dune buggy crashes into it. Incredible rolling dune buggy scene. (laughs) <laughs> blows up <laughs> this little logic there of like then he blows up the doom buggy and they're like ah oh, that'd be pretty cool what if we blew up both doom buggies like, yeah fuck it hell yes and like <laughs> i have no notes on this scene like it it looks incredible like yeah if i i think it shows like that's probably better than a michael bay scene because if michael bay did this scene like a tire would have hit the camera or something you know what i mean it would have been too much but this is just like clearly awesome dudes went into the fucking junkyard and exploded two noon buggies and just filmed it. It's just a practical effect. Um, that's all you need. That's all you need out of life. That's all you need out of life. Uh, <laughs> so let's see what else. Um, I guess we have a final, final showdown now. Um, well, first they switch. Right. They, they yes, decide right. to switch enemies halfway through like, like frat boys uh, sharing a dorm room. <laughs> Just <laughs> what Sharon, we a Sharon, a robot waitress. For no reason. They don't give any reason. They're just like, eh. Yeah. I I did I already did the good part of the Malibu fight. You go have fun. So uh so yeah, Jack now has to face off against Malibu while he's like trapped in the exploded car helpless. <laughs> With one eye. Yes, one eye. And this effect for one eye is like they took a racquetball and like glued it to the side of Malibu's head and put some like goo on it. They're like, oh yeah, that totally looks real. Uh, so he, Malibu like pulls up his robot hand. Yes. And Jack's like, hey, fuck you. And he walks away with his lighter and he's going to light the gasoline on fire and explode the car in Malibu. Uh, try to describe this scene, Dirk. It's just it's filmmaking <laughs> Malibu, magic. With his gaping mouth in panic. He flips off Jack with his Terminator hand and explodes, and it's amazing. It is amazing. And Jack responds, flipping him off while he walks away from the explosion. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's another thing. Stole, it was stolen from, from Terminator. This time Terminator 2, but instead of the thumbs up, it's middle yep. finger up. Yeah. Yep. It was weird how they set it up, but I'm, I'm glad we got there. So now we have Adam and Kane facing off and... Way to fucking miss that opportunity, name guy. 
At this point in the Bible, there's only what, like four people? You can't like fucking get the names right. Like, I'm just saying, change Adam to Abel and you've got yourself real freshman level film project, I guess. There's this there's this moment in this fist fight they have uh, that I was so charmed by where Adam gets the drop on Kane and he pounces exactly like Heathcliff in the comics. Like he just <laughs> belly all the way forward, arched yes. back, yes. hands all the way back like he's just going to claw him. He's going to scratch him really hard. It's just it's a wonderful like this is how this is how like an eight year old would do it. Like ambush him. An eight year old would do exactly that motion. Yeah. It's like a Rob Liefeld drawing of a, of an attack. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so Adam and Kane, which again I'm very frustrated with. It's like having two guys named Peter Butter and Jake. It's like fucking <laughs> damn it. Uh, they have a, a shoving fight next to uh, a styrofoam building. <laughs> it's just yep. like they just keep shoving each other through this <laughs> clear impact foam. Which I loved. I'm like, just fucking 20 more minutes of this, please. But they don't. Adam lands a super uppercut uh, to to knock Kane out. And then he pulls out his finger ramrod, his finger lightsaber, the ramrod. And uh, a lot of finger stuff in this movie. Yeah. Very erotic. Yeah, he ramrods him. So he kills Kane. Uh, If you thought he was going to live through this, he does not. And. I almost clipped this, but I think we could just, like, perform the energy of it. There's a part where they lock eyes where I, I was like, for a second, I thought that saxophone was going to swell up yes. again. <laughs> Jack, can I procreate? No, goddammit, Kane, you're not dying on me. Uh, you you all can picture this. Jack finds Kane uh, with his severed energy matrix. And um, he's like, you're my partner. You can't die. You're my friend. And um, Kane is like, you're my only friend. What is friendship? Oh, no, the darkness. Uh, So it's very powerful. (laughs) The movie is so fucking off the rails here. Adam is like back in the mayor's office and he grabs her. And surprise, his hand goes right through her. Fucking mayor hologram. Then Jack pops out. Again, this was not set up at all. We didn't even know they had holograms (laughs) in this universe. Never. never. Yeah, they Uh, did the virtual reality thing is what they thought they were setting it up with with Jack's jack off helmet. But he was wearing the helmet to see it. It's not a hologram. Yeah. So like it's they very specifically showed it's not a hologram. You're like, no, somebody just kind of loosely told you about what happened in that scene. And you took the you took a guess and it was wrong. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So. The the mayor is there, too. Like, it's a trap. But the real mayor is there in the room, like, within, like, grabbing distance. And Jack has the exploding bullets, again, in this very enclosed space. And he's like, hey, this was a trap to trick you into that side of the room so I could kill you with an exploding bullet. And the mayor's <laughs> like, kill him now! Shoot him fucking now! But Jack has decided he wants to talk him into, like, robo-surrender. He wants to, like, outsmart his logic center to get him to admit that be- doing bad stuff is bad and give up. Um, it doesn't work. He jumps out the window into Jack's dad's fucking car. <laughs> right into it. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, they've established this exact scene again at the start of the movie. When Kane was blown out of the skyscraper, yes. he falls and he, he hits the van and the van just fucking shreds, just explodes. Yes. Here, he leaps out of like 
the 30th story window falls and then just hits the back seat and bounces right out of it into the driver's seat and drives away. <laughs> like, there's no impact. There's no like no physics. That car just just takes it completely. And he just like bounces off. Like, yeah. All right. And there's there's no line in the script to like help the audience through this. Like obviously we recognize Jack's car, but I think in 1994, you might not have recognized in the in the shadowy night. You're like, wait, that can't be his car, right? Like, there's no line that says, hey, that son of a bitch is taking my car. Um, But anyway, Jack knows what to do. He looks out the window from, again, like 30 stories up while the car is speeding away at cyborg speed. And he shoots it with the gun. We watched him miss everything with up until now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hits it with an exploding bullet. One shots it. The only thing this guy could ever hit was a moving target from 400 yards away because it was all he had left of his father. Again, that's better writing than we deserved and maybe not even intentional. But this is really profound that that this guy is like letting go of his father's memory with one last bullet. Again, the filmmaker did not intend it. <laughs> no, because if it was intended, it would have been to save his robot friend. Because right. that's his arc. Instead, he used it to kill a robot, which is how he started the movie anyway. Exactly. He started off saying, I want to kill robots. And then he told the story of the time robots killed his father, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then I, so I killed a robot. Like, okay. That sounds, it sounds like everything went as expected then, didn't it? <laughs> Quite an arc. Very unexpected. That's a uh, line. <laughs> it's such, it's such a good movie. Um. Where are we at now? We're back at the lab and Jack is yeah. visiting Kane's dead body. Or? Or is it? I'm like, oh, this is coming to life for sure. But no. He takes, he steals the Positron Annex from the dead robot and takes it home from work. Um, at the very least, this would be like owned by someone else or evidence or to be studied by robot scientists. But uh, no, it is now a desk clock in Jack's uh, living room forever and ever. And he is going to teach it how to play blackjack. It's so sad. It's so sad that he's going to enslave this <laughs> robot to forever live in his sad little home. And he's going to play cards on his corpse. It's just like yes. a dark ending. It we know into from a this machine. very text, this is crushing infinite despair. Yes. And, <laughs> and it's not like we're reading into it. The movie showed us Kane yes. plugging... Mandragoran and like being so wounded by like my god the hell that she's in and she's <laughs> even so like dumb. oh everything's black it's awful I'm is this death is this what death is so so she's so like, Kane goes to hell yeah. yeah Jack sends his robot partner to hell forever <laughs> to be to be the devil's solitaire machine <laughs> that's the movie that's we we go out on that on something that's so Clearly the worst possible ending for the main good guy. My only friend is it someone trapped in hell. <laughs> it would have been if anybody, if anybody involved in this movie would have watched the movie at any point. It may it might have been it might have been less of a disaster. Maybe. <laughs> you think you could fix this with editing? I guess you could just cut off the last part. Uh most of the rest of it. Yeah, you could be. I think this would be a fine like 20 minute episode of of macgyver like if this was an episode of just an 80s show you'd be like god that was a really fucking good episode of tnt i think if you just kept the first 40 minutes which were uh -huh. die hard 
Right. Uh, and then the 20 minute robot sex scene, like just uh, they all like invin- invincible robots wipe out everybody right. and die hard. And then bam, woods porno robot sex with the uh, with the half dog bot. Yes, we've killed everyone. Let's fuck the end. Yeah, I'd watch that. That's a good that's a better movie. I just wish the bartender came back every time they killed one of the cybernauts. <laughs> Like he was just the person in charge just of keeping them alive the whole time. Scampered into every scene to turn them back on. <laughs> <laughs> He's the real villain. Oh, God. And then they take his cybernetic matrix out, and he scampers forever in a blackness <laughs> of infinite despair. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! Einstein Hunter Frankfurt! The Supremes were city-smart kids grifting their way off the street until they were framed for a crime they didn't commit. 1-900-HOT-DOG mounted an appeal to put them back on the street, this time in business casual as a private mercenary force. Together they are Hot Dog and Supremes, starring Aaron Croston, Adrian H., Aiden Moat, Alpha Scientist Javo, Unandy, Armando Nava, with special guest star Badger as Bone, Bony Sam Sapson, Benjamin Cyrannan, Bim Talzer, Brendan Garlock, Burrito, Cyril, Chase, Clementine Danger, featuring Craig Lemoyne and Quavis as the Rappin' Quakers, Dan B, David Schull, Dean Costello, Devin the Rogue Supreme, the role of Naked President is played by Drayson. Dusty's rad title. Eric Rion is the Master Ninja. Every Zig, Fancy Shark. Gareth is the Master of Ninjas. Jellaho. Greg Cunningham. Hambone. Haraka is Ninja Master 9000. Harvey Penguini. Hot Fart. Hawk. Jaber Al Aiden. James Boyd as corrupt politician. James Boyd. Jeff Oreski. Jim Salter. John Dean. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Joseph Searles as himself. Josh S. Joshua Graves. Justin B. as typhoid urchin number six. Ken Paisley. K&M. Kyle Campbell as urchin master 9000. Lisa. M. Jahi Chappelle, featuring the musical talents of MC Mark Toronto Mac Mahoney, Matt Riley, Max Baroy, Michael Lair, with special guest star Mickey Loman as the Knife Boy, Mike Styles, Moju. The role of Mr. Bob Gray will be played tonight by Mr. T in Unoffensive Wig. ND. Neil Bailey is corpulent Louisiana con man number 17. Neil Schaefer, 
Neku 104, Nick Ralston, Ozzy Olin, Patrick Herbst, Rachel, Rhiannon is Corpulent Louisiana Conman Master 9000, Sarkovsky, Sean Chase, Spotty Reception, Supernaut, featuring Tan Tan the Murderous Orangutan, Ted H, Thomas Cavazos, Timmy Leahy, Tommy G, Toasty God plays Judge Rajum McBlaster, Velo plays Dr. Blast McRajum, Booster plays Professor Stevenson, Waylon Russell, Yanis Ionitis, with special guest star Brian Saylor as the Street Pope. I'm afraid it's your word against mine, Mr. T, and who are they gonna believe? Some convicted felon? Or the man who blesses the rats? <laughs> Hot Dog and Supreme!